morning, Sarah Hipla. Good morning, Nancy Rommelman. So I'm glowing, aren't I? Right? Yes, you are. You're you're it, you have a dewy look on your face. Yeah, and I just want to say that this dewy look is courtesy of basically, oh, I don't know, the 1970s when like the only moisturizer that existed was Johnson's baby oil, which is what I have on my face right now because I opened the medicine cabinet here upstate and that's what was in the medicine cabinet. So Nice. So you yeah. basically put like Crisco on your face. I yeah. did. Yes. I'm yeah. sure it's going to yield beautiful things in a week or so. So um, yeah, I'm here in upstate New York and it is just banging. Uh, we went to a county fair yesterday. We saw the pig races. Oh, eight. the pig races oh, are man. the best. Oh, I and, love and, it when those pig race pigs race each other. Okay. And also they had a little, um, we've gone the past couple of years to actually a different county fair. Cause I'm not going to, I'm going to be in Portland when the, um, the Rhinebeck County Fair is going on, which is the one we usually go to. Um, this one had some little piglets at the end and there was a little surprise. They swim and they climb this no. little platform and then they spring out and they swim no. across. Oh, oh yes. Oh yes, they did. It was so cute. And they, of course, had like this really great kind of Cornish song about the pigs. It was great. I, I, I have to say the county fairs are just great. I ate six Zeppeli as a good part Italian girl shirt. You know what Zeppeli are, right? Um, no, I don't. Oh, honey. I know. Oh, honey. It's such a Texan. So <laughs> I guess in other parts of the country, they'll call it like fried dough. Um, it's. Oh. Uh, yeah. It's um or squiggle cakes or funnel cakes. Funnel, funnel cakes. Funnel cakes. Yeah, that's a funnel but, cake, girl. But they're different. They're not because a funnel cake's kind of like squiggly and long on a plate. These are, um they're more kind of like the size. Well, they're not quite as big as tennis balls, but it's just like the dough so there's like serious dough on the inside oh man it's one of my favorite things <laughs> so with Liz Wolf her baby Zev Matt and Coco and they're like you're really eating all of those Zeppelis I'm like yes I am yes I am so anyway it was great it was fun what you doing That's now so in there fun. well and you're reminding me how much I love the rodeo you know I I as a little girl growing up in Texas I I very rarely went to the rodeo. You know, I, I didn't want much association with kind of like the Texan things that were going on. You know, I didn't want a lot of like I didn't like a very branded Texan things. But over the last few years, I've gone to the rodeo. And one of my favorite parts is the pig races. Um, I just I love watching those yeah. little pigs go. Yeah. And we had the, the 4-H. It's just great. I mean, it's just such a great kind of American thing to do. And you know, you go on rides. Mm -hmm. I don't go on the big spinny rides anymore though. The the pukers, I don't I don't do no, those anymore. No, 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 nope, those are no. done. Um yeah, so uh it's it's nice here. I hear it's 107 degrees where you are. Sorry about it's that. Insane. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna get uh, through it, but it's been a it's been a trial. Um so we are here today for a nice a nice chat, but I, I think you want to start us off with um with a few corrections mistakes oh well we've made a few <laughs> um actually only i have made a few i'm sure this i is, do too You're i'm nice sure to you me. have too but i have no record of this this is a hundred percent hepala induced okay um first of all uh i referred to uh the the star of oppenheimer as cillian murphy that is pronounced killian murphy okay all right well I mean, it's I, not like and you know what? I thought that, and then I kept hearing people say Cillian, and I changed my pronunciation. Trust and your gut, Sarah Hepler. I know, I know, I know, and and whatever. 
Uh, I erroneously, I did not point out that Skipper is Barbie's sister. I said she was her friend. I, yeah, I thought, I, I thought, I always thought it was her little sister though. Yeah. Or maybe cousin, but okay. Little sister. Yeah. I think I knew that, but you know, you know what? I'm just getting older. And a lot of these are just, you know, they're like degrees of, of like, I'm like 10 degrees off. But was Skipper uh, even like, I mean, was Skipper even like a big deal in the 80s? Uh, yeah. She around? Oh, she was. She was still around. Okay. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. She was a big deal in the 80s. Okay. Um, and then I called the Alison Bechtel book Fun House instead of Fun Home. Fun Home. Fun Home. I have name. not. You know what? I have not made that list I said of the graphic novels, but we did have a listener in the comments you know, if you become a paid subscriber, you can go into our pretty kick-ass comment section. She did leave a nice list of um, of uh, graphic novels, so maybe I'll share that. Or maybe I won't. Maybe you have to become a paid subscriber. Mm, speaking awesome. of speaking of paid subscribers, do you know what this Sunday is? Oh, I'm glad you reminded me of that. <laughs> it's our first Sunday Zoom. It's our monthly get together. Is for this paid Sunday. subscribers? For that paid will now subscribers. That will now help me arrange my travel plans for Sunday. So thank you for that reminder. Yes. And um, so we have a few things to talk about today. I thought we'd start with um, something that exploded on the internet in the last couple days, which is the lawsuit against Lizzo. Um, now this cro like I, the, the first thing I saw on Twitter was just a kind of, I would almost say like orgy of delight of people, uh, enjoying bagging on Lizzo who is, you know, by the way, one of these, you know, she's been a little bit force fielded over the years. You know, she's very beloved, you know, uh, queen of body positivity. It, say what you will, but I, I happen to love Lizzo. Do you have, do you have thoughts I on let, I, you know, I don't have a, a lot of thoughts on her, but a couple of times I've been like, I've either been like in an exercise class or walking down the street listening to music and I hear this, I'm like, man, that's a banger. And it's been Lizzo and I just hadn't known it. Um, I got to tell you, this woman puts out bangers and she plays the flute like nobody's business. I just, I really happen to like her as an entertainer. Um, of course, one of the things that is most prominent about her is that she has been very much non-apologetic about her size, right? Which is completely fine. And I, and I agree that it's sort of a movement for sure. But I wonder if every single time her name is mentioned the in within the first or second sentences afterward, we have to hear the phrase body positivity. It's like, it's, it's actually contractually. I'm, I was contractually obligated right? you? to say that. And I, <laughs> well, you did actually, it. So I you're did. getting your check and that's good. Um, but no, in every article you read and when the little NBC or whatever clip that, that you sent to me, there's like really this push. And I, I mean, that's fine, but it just seems like, She's probably got a lot more to her. I'm going to tell you, I think there's a, like, that is one of the less interesting things to me about Lizzo in terms of just loving her as an entertainer. But I do understand that culturally this is very relevant. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so uh, I clicked on 
the uh, first story I saw, which was from NBC News, uh, that 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 kind of you know crows that she weight shamed um, dancers in her in her touring group. So this is about uh, a lawsuit that was filed in California by three of her dancers. Um, two of the dancers were contestants from her show, Watch Out for the Big Girls. And I come to the part about the weight shaming. And, and this is what I read. The suit accuses Lizzo of calling attention to the dancer's weight after an appearance at South by Southwest Music Festival. The singer and her choreographer later told the dancer, Ariana Davis, that she seemed, quote, less committed to her role. A comment the suit described as a thinly veiled concern about Davis's weight. And I'm sort of like, wait, what? So that that's a leap. Is is anybody else going to point out that when that is quite the leap? I mean, do do you agree? Well, let's let's just break this. Uh, absolutely, I agree. It's like you could they could have said anything else. It's like thin, thinly veiled. What? I okay. So let's break this down a little bit. It's watch out for the big girls, which are these. It's a contestants for you know big girl dancers. I guess I I've seen commercials for it. I've never seen the show, and I guess one of them gets is now working with Lizzo. Is that correct? Or was she just two of them, two of the the dancers? Like, like I I guess this was, I didn't see the show either, but apparently it was a contest to see who was, you know, going to join Lizzo on tour. Right. And so two of them, uh, join her and, uh, and one of the ones that won, um, yeah, gets this, this, okay. Comment that she was less committed and that is a thinly veiled insult about her weight. If you are going on a show and the show is going to be who's the who has the reddest hair or who like makes the biscuits the faster, fastest. And then you have some sort of set to with your employer, then it sort of makes sense. I'm not saying the accusation makes sense, but it makes sense that the person would default to like, oh, well, she, you know, she said that, but what she really means is I don't have the reddest hair or I don't have, I'm not the fastest biscuit maker because that's what everything is based on. It's all, it's all based on, I mean, to get on that show, you had to be a big girl, right? right? I couldn't be on that show. So it's like, this is the, they've put themselves in this arena. This is who they are. And then when she gets a criticism, we don't know what for, maybe she was late. Maybe she did gain a lot of weight and made her not a great dancer anymore. I don't know, but she's going to use the thing that got her in there. It now becomes what was positive now becomes a weapon. It's the weapon. Maybe she can't think of any other weapons. Maybe she doesn't want to admit that she was late. Maybe she doesn't want to admit that she gained 30 pounds and can't dance anymore. So it's going to be like, oh, okay, you're a hypocrite. See, you said you were, you said you were celebrating all of us, but no, you're not. We don't know. And, and I kept, you know, I kept going through Twitter and going through different stories, trying to find people to point out that like this thinly veiled comment could have been referring to anything. Anything. Like it, it it just seems so incredibly subjective. Um, now the one of the most uh, sort of eye popping parts of the the lawsuit concerns um, an after party that they went to in Amsterdam, and you know 
one thing that I think is really important is that th- these after parties were not mandatory. Hmm. Like, you didn't have to go, but the suit m- makes it clear that those who attended were favored by the singer and had greater job security. I mean, okay, like... You also want to uh, be if, part if of the you... scene, right? I mean, if you're in the... Yeah, like you've got this opportunity. You're with Lizzo. You're going to some crazy after party. You probably want to go and make a show of it. It's not like, oh, God, what a drag. I got to do... It's like, it's supposed to be fun, right? But it well, also... And you're, and you're in Amsterdam. Let's make this yeah. clear. Yeah. You know? So there's a lot of hashish. And there's just a lot of, you know, kind of wildness. And Lizzo allegedly began inviting cast members to take turns touching the nude performers. Catch This is a little wild. Catching dildos launched from the performers' vaginas. Ew. And eating bananas protruding from the performers' vaginas. No, 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 no. It's, this is a little, this part is a little bit wild. Um... And, you know, all I can say is they're in Amsterdam, they're loaded, it's, it's you know, Lizzo, part of her brand is this openness of sexuality. Okay. And this seems like a kind of crazy bachelor, bachelorette environment. They're cutting loose in Amsterdam. Okay, let me ask you a question. We yes. haven't seen the show, but we are going to assume that all or at least most of the people trying out for this show know Lizzo's brand and have some sort of desire to be part of it, okay? So if you're telling me that, I mean, you don't really know a whole ton about Lizzo, you know, you've never seen the show, but you know from what, you know, just the zeitgeist that she, this sort of very frank and maybe, you know, whatever libertine sexuality is part of the brand. Don't you think the people trying out for the show would have known that? So one of the interesting things about this suit is this particular individual, um, she had tried out during the tryouts there was a nude photo shoot and she's really freaked out and she doesn't want to do it and they end up letting her do uh like a nude bra and you know she gets around it but to me it just sounds like from the from the from the jump this is not a good fit for this tour I mean, it's also, I mean, again, it's, it's Lizzo's tour. It's not my tour. It's if people want it, they're going to do it. But I mean, having to do a nude photo shoot, that's, you know, it's, it's, that's, I mean, it's a little private, you know, it's a red flag. It's a tall order. Yeah. 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 But it's also like, you're getting the, the, the hand is getting tipped right there as to what this is going to be about. Right. Um, and she's not comfortable with it. And I get the sense that she's just not comfortable with this tour the whole time. Um, you know, as they're at the club, Lizzo allegedly starts chanting to go this this woman to uh, touch one of the dancers. And she gets uncomfortable. And she finally acquiesces and, and briefly touches the performer. I mean, <sighs> this this sounds obnoxious, okay? And if it were a guy doing it, it would be... I mean, well, this is interesting. If it if before a male, if if Lizzo was a male, uh, whatever, and this guy was goading his female employee into touching another woman at a sex club, it's it's not good. And I guess it's it's also not good for Lizzo to do it. Frankly, I mean, I I, I don't know. It's, maybe it's maybe the woman has a case. It, <laughs> well. You know, it, it, it's 
I will tell you, I ended up reading this entire lawsuit um, because I was curious what wasn't being mentioned in the press. And I can tell you that um, after having read the whole thing, I kind of thought it's it. Lizzo didn't seem it. it I didn't want to work for her. Okay. And, you know, several people, uh, I think a couple of her dancers have come out and, um, and I, uh, one of the director, it was a director of a documentary about her said, you know, she was arrogant and unkind and ended up leaving the, the project after two weeks. So, you know, she comes off as very loud and brang. You know, your your comment about if it were a guy, this would this would be unacceptable is is interesting. I mean, I do think there is this um this part of like of like female empowerment that that behaves a lot like men. I mean, a lot of this seems like kind of obnoxious frat boy behavior, mm-hmm. but because you're a woman, you kind of feel like you have license to do it and you're talking to other women. I mean, um, and part of it is I understand part of that is like sort of fun and racy. I've done things and it's like, you know, ah, but it's going to a step that's it, it doesn't matter if it's a male, man or a female. When I started saying it, it's like, wait a minute, it's actually just as bad. If she's doing it, you haven't mentioned one part, but you might be another sort of weird little tangent in this lawsuit, which is one of the choreographers. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You're going to get there. Okay. Go for it. No, but uh, yeah. One of the, one of the choreographers you're talking about her like religious. Deeply Christian. I read a little about her in the New York post this morning and, and she's deeply, deeply Christian and she's proselytizing as Christians do and must. I'm sorry. We all know people who are followers of Jesus Christ, and they are obliged. This is part of how they live and love and 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 understand the world to be. You must bring people and show them the way and show them the light so that they will be saved. I have been in this position with many people trying to do this with me. And so she's proselytizing to some of the dancers or one of them who's deeply uncomfortable with this. And it's like, well, I, and I'm not saying she should be doing it, but like if Lizzo's going to have this person on her tour, this is going to happen. Like, yeah. It, yeah. And also, she it, well, appeared- and it, by the way, though, that is a, vi- it's a very odd mix yes. of Lizzo's libertine sexuality and this woman's evangelical Christianity. Um, one of the things that is alleged is that this woman also talks a lot about her own masturbation habits. Yeah. This, what? I mean, what? Yeah, there, there's some boundary issues on Lizzo tour. I'm just going to tell you. Well, it's interesting because when I first saw, when you sent me the piece, I was like, oh my God, who cares about this? Like, who cares about this? But then like, you look a little deeper and it's like, maybe these women have a point. You know, maybe she really did make it a hostile, you hear hostile work environment. It's like, okay, go get another job. If it's a hostile work environment, just go. These people are bad. You don't want to be with them anyway, go. But this is like, you know, it's kind of not, not great. You know, I I just was really mixed on this story because, like I said, I I think my biggest reaction to it was that it felt unfair that she was being cast as body shaming when I thought that that particular example did not show. Yeah. Did not show that. And, And because it is, like you said, we are contractually obligated to mention body positivity whenever we we talk about Lizzo. This felt to me in some ways like the the most, you know, 
um, like harmful part of the lawsuit. And, you know, there's a lot of other parts of the lawsuit that involve a perception. Again, you know, there is a, a, a point at which um, the they have to do like a like a long twelve hour audition because Lizzo's getting upset with her dancers. She accuses them of drinking before the performance. They say they haven't. She's like, "Well, if you haven't, then some like something's wrong." You know, people think you have been drinking. Um, she has this kind of grueling. Uh, audition with no breaks and one of the women again I think this is the same women woman that's that's been mentioned repeatedly um she is so scared that she's going to get fired that she ends up peeing herself on stage and it's bad it's bad but at the same time it's also like okay but you didn't say that you had to go to the bathroom it, people that press loss people that press lawsuits they're going to make sure that their side looks the best or maybe her lawyer told her that you have to make your side look the best like of course we as grown-up people when you have to go to the bathroom you go to the bathroom um but she chose not to and now it's Lizzo's fault <laughs> and right. there was a fair bit of that in in this lawsuit you know that at one point you know there I, I will say that the dancers are not being treated in the same way that the um musicians are so they have to be on a pause in between tours you know like there's several months between the uh u.s tour and the foreign tour and they're told not to take any other jobs but they're not compensated during this time whereas the musicians are they're put on um you know they're given a retainer mm-hmm. um and you know and that's a problem. Uh, and so they start advocating for, uh, for more money and they, and by the way, they eventually get it. Um, but at some point somebody in the management team tells the group that they're quote unacceptable and disrespectful behavior while on tour, um, you you know, refers to this and, they, the, the lawsuit says only the dance cast comprised of full-figured women of color were ever spoken to in this manner, giving plaintiffs the impression that these comments were charged with racial and fatphobic animus. I, I mean, it's that's impossible to, to prove. <laughs> yeah. But- you don't know how other people were, were spoken to. And so there's a large, you know, strain of of perception running through this i mean um, most lawsuits are settled right they don't go right. to court they're yeah, settled that's right so you know what they're gonna they're gonna bring all these things to the table bring the whole the whole kit and caboodle to the table and then they're gonna settle and then they're gonna get some money i'm not saying that they're in it for a money grab i'm just saying that you can throw any accusation you want at this point um while you know while the spotlight's on it uh, it's not probably great for Lizzo's brand, um, but you know what? They're 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 going. I'm not saying they're looking for a payday because I don't know. I don't don't know these people. I don't know what's motivating them. I don't know what's true or not. But they're going to get a payday probably, unless somehow 
um, they can prove that all of this is completely false, which is, you know, costs time and money. This is why lawsuits are settled, right? Because you don't want to just deal with it. Yeah, I had to wonder at some point if this was something of a cautionary tale about taking people that were outside the dance world and putting them on something like a dancing tour that was that was this grueling. I mean, one of these um, plaintiffs is from Indianapolis. The other one is from Texas. You know, I think about somebody that is plucked out of the world and, you know, as opposed to people that are involved in the L.A., the, the kind of grueling and L.A., you know, grueling L.A. and New York dance scene um, that might have been a little bit more used to this environment. I, and, I'll... you know, they're, they're kind of plucked out of nowhere, placed in this world, and they're like, God, this is a mess. And this is hard. You know, by the, it, this is yeah. hard. It's hard. I mean, I do a bar dance class for an hour, and it's fairly exhausting. I mean, dancers are in the studio for eight hours. Their feet are bleeding. And they're just, you know, it's it's very doctrinaire and it's very, very hard. Now, I am I have never weighed, let's say, a, one of the dancers weighs 250 pounds. I'm just pu- pulling a number out of the air. You know, it's hard to carry that around and move that around a lot. It's hard. And I can imagine it's more tiring than they wanted it to be. Plus the emotional uh, exigis, exigis, exigencies, exigencies, what? the emotional exigencies, exigencies. Is it exigencies? I don't know, girl. I'm, I, don't I don't know that I've ever even used okay. that word. Well, stress, stressors, exigencies. stressors, right? Exigencies. Hey, we'll put a little definition. Um, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's stressful. I mean, just think about what, just when you're traveling basically on your own, just like going someplace for a week. I mean, you, you're unpacking your bags, you're doing this. It's like a little bit tiring. Oh, and then you have to do a 12 hour, uh, dance rehearsal when you're 250 pounds. It's hard. It's hard. And I can imagine some people didn't like it. And I'm sure this would be interesting. I'm sure some people have left Lizzo's tour. It's inevitable that people have just left voluntarily. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know what? I'm done. It was nice or it wasn't nice. And I'm just gone. I'm going on to the next phase of my life. But these people, and maybe because the show was on, I believe it was on last year. I mean, it's, you know, this, this isn't like an 18 year old thing that happened 18 years ago. Oh, now I'm going to talk about this. It's like, it's happening now. So we will see. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, Lizzo has come out. Uh, she she um, she finally made a statement today after about two days of of silence. And she said that these sensationalized stories are coming from former employees who have already publicly admitted that they were told their behavior on tour was inappropriate and unprofessional. So I, you know, I don't well, know what we'll see. Well, so yeah. maybe she maybe she's completely right. We will see. So um, I wanted to talk a little bit about something really terrible um, that happened, and it turns out. You and I both have uh, connections to this person. Mm-hmm. Um, James Larkin, 74 years old. He was the publisher of New Times Phoenix. It started in Phoenix. It's a, a free alt-weekly paper. Uh, he started it uh, with Mike Lacey uh, as basically as like an anti-war student newspaper. This started back in like, I believe, 1970. 19- 1970. And um, before I, I, I will just going to stay right at the top here. Um, Jim Larkin killed himself, self-inflicted gunshot wound um, a couple of days ago. And there was a reason for this. He had a wife, six kids. Um, there was a reason for this that, I mean, we can never ever say definitively like why some, somebody will take his or her own life. But it's sort of, there's a lot of reasons here that we can look to. So I'm just going to run down a little bit for 
For listeners that don't know who he was, which is probably most people, um, the only publication that has done sort of deep and serious writing about what happened is Reason. It's a, a place where I contribute frequently. Um, and they wrote about the fact that in um, 2018, uh, let me try to get my, my, uh, my, my, my um, stats here right, they were exposed for, okay, let me go backwards. Let me go backwards. So Sarah, how did, um, how did alt weeklies survive in terms of how did they, how did they pay the bills? Yeah. I mean, so alt weeklies, which both of you and I have both spent time at and, uh, and I spent a year and a half at the Dallas observer, which is under the umbrella of this, um, what was at the time called the new times they eventually were called village voice media but they survived by classifieds that's right you know these were fat alt weekly so i i cut my teeth and made my career at the la weekly which eventually became part of uh, village voice media new uh, new times came in and bought it mm -hmm. uh, when i was still writing for them and um these papers were fat Okay, these were like 250-page weekly free weeklies. And, you know, part of it was all the ads in the back for movies and, and music, but tons and tons of classified ads uh, because this was pre-internet, right? Or it was internet, but you still had a lot of class ads and a lot of sex ads, right? A lot of dancers, a lot of strippers, and, you know, whatever else was going on. Okay. So in 2004, uh, New Times decided to they were running a lot of these and they created something called Backpage. All right. Backpage was where people were advertising their, you know, a lot of different things, but a lot of them were, were, um, were sex ads for escorts. And yeah. Things. And to be clear, they created backpage.com, you know, right, the, right, the, right. the ads had always been in a part of the paper called the Backpage, which is why they used the, the print, you know, term. And I think they spun, I might've been, 2015 that they spun it off into backpage.com? 2012. 2012. So it was enormously profitable. Um, and it was a place where uh, people could go. I'm going to read a little quote that I pulled out from a piece that Liz Nolan Brown, who has done really the best reporting on, um, on Jim Larkin and Mike Lacey. Um, so they were in 2018... Uh, before I read this little bit, federal prosecutors seized Backpage under something called the Travel Act Act, which was basically saying they were um, promoting or engaging in interstate racketeering and crime that included prost prostitution. So here's a little quote from Liz's piece. Politicians and the press spread false narratives about Backpage, namely that it was an open forum for, in quotes, child sex trafficking and about its founders' complicity in these alleged crimes. In reality, Backpage was utilized and loved by countless independent sex workers. The platform banned ads for anything illegal, including consensual adult prostitution. Got that? So... It was banning consensual adult prostitution because that's illegal, right? It also worked hard to keep ads posted by or featuring minors off the site and cooperated extensively with law enforcement when bad deeds were facilitated through back page ads. In fact, they had been commended by many, by many um, law enforcement agencies for really working hard to try to keep nasty stuff off of Backpage.com. Well, federal prosecutors didn't care about that at all. Um, they, in 2018, they raided their homes, Jim Larkin's home and Mike Lacey's homes. 
they took their assets that had nothing to do with Backpage, including an apartment that Jim Larkin had in Paris. Um, they strapped them with ankle monitors so they could not leave their vicinity. And they also refused to have really any sort of trial for five years. Nothing happened. These men watched everything disappear, all their assets, all their finances, their freedom, and they were publicly shamed. And no one wrote anything about it, really. Few little things, obviously in, in, in Phoenix, you had some people writing about this. Now, is this just overzealous prosecution? Well, partly, yes. Um, you have to understand this is also 2018, so you've got Me Too is going on. We're, we're very avidly wanting to, you know, correct the sins of the past. Also, child sex trafficking became this, you know, it was like hundreds of thousands of children are being trafficked each year, which is just not true. I mean, Liz Nolan Brown has done some incredible work and data work, and I will find some links to actually how many children were sex trafficked. You know, sometimes it's like these, first of all, they're not children, or, you know, they have gone out, they've run away on their own. It's just, it's complicated. But Every time you go into a public restroom at a gas station, when you drive across this country now, there is a sticker inside the bathroom stall with, you know, saying, are you being sex trafficked? Call this number. We created, there was a hysteria in this country about child sex trafficking. And Larkin and Lacey became, um, they were just going to, they were going to throw the book, books at them. Okay. They both have always claimed, and I, I happen to believe it, that this was not, this was a free speech issue. They did not, the, the federal government basically did not want people advertising and finding each other for sex. You know, I'm sorry to anybody that says that this shouldn't happen. You know what? Grownups are going to engage with sex that they find when they find people online to do it. I'm sorry, that's going to happen. And you can say you don't like it happening, but it's going to happen. But there's another part of this story for why they might have had the book thrown in them. They were, they wrote a lot of hard-hitting stories, Sarah, just like the publications we worked for, things that were not popular, including when Sheriff Joe Arpaio, Arpaio, mm -hmm. um, he came after them because he demanded data on New Times readers because whatever they had written about Arpaio, who's kind of infamous for being like the guy that would keep prisoners without water and chain gangs. And he was a big fan of Trump's and, um, yeah, he was sort of famously anti-immigration and, yeah. uh, you know, something yeah. of a, of a racist guy and they, so he, they went after him and he, they, he, he went after them back. and he went after them and they, they filed also, they won $3.7 million from Arpaio. Okay. But who else did they go after in Arizona? They went after John McCain and Cindy McCain. Cindy McCain is John's McCain's wife, obviously. And um, she had a little bit of uh, an interesting past. I don't know the details. I'll try to find a good article about it. But one thing that they wrote about was the fact that she had become an opioid abuser, sure. including, I believe, taking meds or money for meds from a charity that she was involved in. And they wrote about that. Now, you know, John McCain was the most famous politician after Barry Goldwater in Arizona. You know, you're going after the senator's wife. This is not probably a good look. And I think I, I can't, I don't know if this had anything to, 
Hello, Smoke and We've Got Them listeners. If you are hearing this, that means you have just listened to the free portion of our, oh, I don't know, bi-weekly episodes with Sarah Heppler. Sarah Heppler, who's just so busy right now, she could not record this little uh, interim moment for you. Um, we're happy to have you here as a free subscriber. If you'd like the entire episodes, please go over to smokeempodcast.substack.com and sign up and subscribe. Then you will get the full episodes every week, plus some special things we drop for you on the weekends and our monthly, our first Sunday Zooms. Again, to get the full fig, that is smokeempodcast.substack.com. Thanks.